Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. My name is Jill Foos. I'm a functional medicine and integrative nutrition health coach. I created this podcast to bring you along as we travel down intriguing science-packed roads, debunking old medical paradigms and perusing new innovative therapies and modalities with the finest functional medicine doctors, practitioners, and like-minded biohackers while living our best life. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Health Trip Podcast. Menopause is not just about gaining weight, having hot flashes, and not sleeping well. It's also about the decline of our cellular health, which contains these very important organelles called the mitochondria. I've talked about mitochondria in passing on numerous podcasts and dedicated a full episode to urolithin A, which is a gut metabolite that induces mitophagy or the cleaning up of our mitochondria. So be sure to check that episode out as well. And as we age and start to um, transition through menopause, which includes perimenopause um, as well, the strength, efficacy, and quantity of our mitochondria decline. So the trick is to support these cellular powerhouses with lifestyle interventions. So optimal sleep, personalized nutrition, stress management techniques, exercise and mindfulness, and personalized supplementation. Here's what the science is showing. One, that midlife women's gut health, so our microbiome, changes during the perimenopause stage. Number two, that optimal gut health is vital to overall health and longevity. And number three, poor gut health and menopause open the door to chronic disease states. So cardiovascular disease risk, type two diabetes, um, cancer, and Alzheimer's dementia. So I tell my clients all the time, you're only as healthy as your cells. And during midlife, it is very important to support cellular health and energy so that you can reach your health goals. If your cells are struggling, you will struggle. Hair loss, weight gain, skin issues, low energy, brain fog, low libido, stress. Those are all signs of declining cellular health. My guest today is an expert in cellular health. Dr. Monisha Benote is a quintuple board certified physician and published author with expertise in integrative lifestyle medicine, functional culinary medicine, and cytopathology. Her interests include nutrition and the microbiome, the role of stress and inflammation in disease manifestation, applying mindfulness as a lifestyle practice, and cancer and disease prevention. She's also the author of The Anatomy of Wellbeing, and Dr. Benote's mission is to support an integrative approach to evidence-informed holistic well-being. Here's a short medical disclaimer before we dive into the episode. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice or to make any lifestyle changes to treat any medical condition in yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any of my guests on my podcast. So sit back, keep your minds open, and let's dive into cellular health. Hi, Dr. Minote. Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today, Jill. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, I'm really excited because we're going to talk about cellular health and, and all the things and how it relates to our overall health and wellness. And it's such an abstract topic that people really don't understand how incredibly important our cell health is. But before we deep dive into that, you are a quintuple board certified doctor. What are all of those? How'd you get there? And what inspired you? Yeah, so it's been um, my, my journey in medicine is it's really deep seated in understanding um, human health. And at, at the most fundamental aspect of that is our cells. And so part of my board certification and training is in um, anatomic and clinical pathology, which is the study of disease, 
um, looking at it under the microscope and seeing how disease manifests in your human cells. But then I've also trained at Cornell in cytopathology, which is literally looking at individual cells to see these microscopic changes um, uh, that you know, transform the functionality of how a cell will work. Worst case scenario, we are all familiar with the word cancer, right? But what is cancer but an uncontrolled growth of a abnormal cell? Mm -hmm. That starts somewhere, right? And it starts from all the different things we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. But what are all the quintuple board certifications you have? List them yeah, for us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in addition to anatomic pathology, clinical pathology, cytopathology, mm -hmm. I'm also board certified in culinary medicine and integrative medicine from the Andrew Wheel Center for Integrative Medicine, which really brings together this, um, you know, more holistic approach at looking at how we can address uh human health and disease is, you know, it's it's not just looking at, all right, here's our diagnosis and this is the, the medication that we stick on it, but really looking at all the aspects of our life and how um, people really have a lot more power than they realize to take care of their body. And, and they kind of just give it away thinking that, oh, I'm, I've now got this medicine and it's making me better, but Sorry, I hate to burst the bubble here. It's not actually making you better, not necessarily. Um, right. And if you continue down that lifestyle path of not taking care of yourselves, um, you will at some point have another condition or require another medication. Right. I love that you're a doctor and you're into culinary medicine, right? So every doctor, it should be mandatory that they learn how food plays an essential role in our good health. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I I think that is, I agree 100%. Everybody should be familiar with food, as yeah. medicine, especially physicians who are treating patients. I, I, I get reminded of this every time I walk into the doctor's lounge, you know, in a hospital where I'm sitting across from a cardiologist or an oncologist or uh, a GI doctor and just watching what they're eating. And I'm like, wow, you guys really have no idea that the right. uh, diet colas and the slabs of, uh, there's one hospital I work at, which has a fresh um, carving board every every day. And it's a carving board of, I don't even know what kind of meat, I can't identify it. But, and it's like, everybody's lined up for this along with, you know, the mashed potatoes and the buttery um, drenched um veggies uh, that don't even taste like veggies and the salad bar really consists of um, some greens and like egg salad and tuna salad and chicken salad and I'm like nobody's eating real food anymore so right. how can we expect our doctors who are there to take care of us if they themselves don't have an understanding so yes absolutely culinary medicine and I've taken it even further and I, and I have something I call a functional culinary medicine kitchen where you know where we incorporate the art and skill of, of cooking and um, how to address your health with food and how to help people learn how to cook, do it. Oh, well, we're going to talk much more about nutrition as it relates to our cellular health. And I can't wait because I'm actually very animal-based, um, but I know exactly what you mean, right? It's when you eat these meats that are mixed with the rancid seed oils and the other ingredients that are coming in that are playing the bigger role in, in um, minimizing how well your cells can perform. Yeah. And it, and it's not just the meats, right? Because it it's the processed foods. Like right. I was, last week I was walking down the hallway and I was like, oh, I know that smell. That's a really familiar smell. And the smell was of um, a veg vegetable lasagna that I swear has been the same sheet like vegetable lasagna I have seen in hospitals for 30 years. I remember eating that as like a student. I remember eating that as a resident and I'm like, Oh my God, now I can't believe I ever ate that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anyone here that would disagree with you on the the environment of hospital culinary cuisine needs to be re addressed. <laughs> Definitely. What is it about cellular health that gets you so excited and 
why we should be so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, each cell in our body, it's, it's really a microcosm of life. And, um, it's working so hard to function and do the things what we want it to do. And when I describe, um, you know, all the things that might influence how your cells function, I, I, I really like to give people an analogy. And one of the analogies I, I do in my book in the anatomy of well-being is about thinking about like a beautiful pristine lake. Like say you're going to Lake Tahoe for vacation and it's a clear blue pristine lake and um you know you can see you step in the water you can see the fish swimming you see the flora the the bright um uh plants and everything clear water right and that's a healthy ecosystem and that's what we want inside our body inside each and every one of our cells now if that ecosystem in Lake Tahoe or wherever you go, all of a sudden gets designated as a waste dump site, and then you see the trucks pulling up, and they're throwing plastic in there, and they're throwing garbage in there, and they're throwing heavy metals in there, and all this stuff, what happens to the lake? The, the lake, just like the fish, the plants die off, the water gets murky. That's what's happening in our cells. So now that, that lake can't function. So imagine... Your cell doesn't function either if you're not giving it the simple things that it needs, which is nutrients from the food you eat, which is water, you know, um, which is movement, which is rest, sleep, you know, all these different things that we're trying to get to this level without making sure we have our foundation built. You can't skip those steps because what happens if your your house isn't built on, on a solid foundation, the walls crumble, Right. So think of it in that way that um, what gets me excited about cellular health is if you actually understood that that's what was going on, imagine all the things that you could um, fix and address with your lifestyle, um, with non-medication-like approaches and things that aren't going to come with side effects and ultimately at the end of the day will make you healthier and happier. What are the biggest offenders to our cellular health that you see, you know, now, you know, people struggling with? Yeah, um, the biggest offenders for cellular health, definitely our lifestyle. You know, we live a lifestyle of convenience. We live a lifestyle of Uber Eats, um, where we get our food delivered to us, which unfortunately, the best quality, um, you know, oils, like you've already mentioned, um, nutrients, foods, veggies, they're, ju they're just not being used. Um, so definitely um, our lifestyle, we also have a very sedentary lifestyle. So we yeah. are sitting at our desks all day. Our, our body is meant to move, right? Uh, what happens after a person gets a hip replacement? They don't move. What happens after a knee replacement? They don't move the body needs to move in order to have the blood and nutrients circulate through it. Um, the other big thing that I see is environmental, for sure, mm -hmm. you know, um, being exposed to um, the environmental lawn applications that are being sprayed everywhere. And our kids are growing up playing in the grass that's been sprayed with pesticides to keep a green lawn, our, our, our animals, our pets are getting all these diseases. Um, so environmental and also that environment expands past our house, right? Because yeah. it's the environment going into the ocean. Our fish are not fish anymore. Our fish are microplastics. So we are eating and drinking forever chemicals that our body just doesn't know what to do with. And when our body doesn't know what to do with, our cells have to work harder. And at some point, they just give up because they, they can't do it, right? And this is why, yes, you might see people are living longer lives, but just think about for the number of hospitals we have, how many nursing homes do we have? Yes, we can have people living just as long, but are they healthy and living? No. How many people have you seen sitting in wheelchairs at an airport nowadays? So um, uh, our lifestyle choices, our environmental choices, what we do every day to the uh, plastics in our clothes. You'd be surprised at the yeah. amount of plastic in our clothing. If you're not wearing, you know, organic cotton or you're not wearing, you know, more of the natural fibers, a lot of these synthetic fibers have 
chemicals in them that are forever chemicals that our body just does right. not want. Yeah. And you know, products. I mean, I could go oh, on. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Beauty, <laughs> hair, skin. I mean, household cleaning products, it's, it's everywhere. It's one of the things that I work on with my clients. Once we get their foundational um, healthy lifestyle choices in order, we start just nipping away at all the different household products, right? When you finish one up, try an alternative better for you product, right? Don't go home and throw everything out and start new. Just do it slowly one by one. But one of the things you were mentioning about cellular health that I thought was really interesting is one of the offenders being the environment, right? And I forever never thought I had allergies. I mean, I've never been one to be, I have no allergies to food. Um, I never thought I had any to any seasonal um environmental allergies. And all of a sudden this year, I noticed I really didn't feel that great. And, and the, I tried one thing. I said, I'm going to try something new. And I tried taking quercetin, which is a, um, I tried taking a product that has some quercetin and some other ingredients in there for allergies, for histamine. And within one week, it completely turned it around. I thought, oh my goodness, this is what I've been missing all along for my cellular health is this, this allergic reaction I'm having to something that I don't even know what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, a big part of it is really paying attention to what your cells are saying to you. Yes. So really listening to your body. And I will tell you, your cells speak up. And in fact, all the symptoms that you might experience, I, I call them your cells are angry, right? Your, your, your body is asking for something, your cells are asking for something. And that's where really working with providers that um, have a much deeper understanding of how the human body works and the nutrients it needs to function from a lifestyle perspective, and also from removing maybe things that you didn't even know you had a overlay right. of in the right. body can be really, it, it can be a game changer for some people who've been suffering for years. What could be some other symptoms that people could uh, learn about from you that they weren't certain that were late, could have been related to cellular, cellular health issues? Yeah. So pretty much everything is related to right. cellular health issues, right? Um, but, you know, things that uh, women might be experiencing um, that uh, midlife women might be frustrated with is things like hair loss, right? So, um, uh, like, I love to talk about our cells here, right? And I actually pull this up for my patients because I'm like, you have this human cell. In fact, you have trillions of these guys. And, and there are so many critical factors inside this cell that are needed in order to function. So, um, hair loss is one one thing that I that um, could be that your your cells need more nutrients, um, specifically that your um, mitochondria aren't working um, optionally because they're the ones that are um, helping to divide and, and have the cell growth. Um, things like weight gain. Mm -hmm. Right. So at midlife, we experience um, a weight gain and not everybody, you know, and you got to wonder why, why right. you get it more than others. And what happens is that your metabolism does change, but it's the dysfunction of your cells that's contributing to that metabolism change, right? It's the years of yo-yo dieting and then still dieting and not understanding and looking at food as medicine, right? Because I, I really think if you understand how to incorporate food as medicine, I don't believe in diets. I believe really in nourishing your body. I, I don't mm -hmm. measure things. I'm just looking at the plate, making sure I'm getting as much antioxidants, phytonutrients as, as much, um, you know, as I can in my plate every day. Um, fatigue is a big one, you know, yeah. our energy levels really change come midlife. So, um, and, and these are all just subtle signs that maybe something's going on inside your cells, right? Because it's like yeah. one day you're like, oh, I used to be able to do this. I did this in my 20s. And now why can't I do it in my 40s? Well, if you've been living a lifestyle of years and years of not taking care of your body, that could contribute to it. But the good part is there's hope, right? Because absolutely, just because, okay, th that damage is done. The beauty is that cells replicate and cells reproduce, right? So once you understand that you can start changing the way your cells function, 
with your power to do that, right? Instead of going, oh, I need a medicine for this, then it, like the power goes back in, in your hands. It's the same thing like our brains, right? So people think that they're born this way. If, if they can't do something that, um, you know, they'll never be able to do it. Well, you know, science finally tells us now our, our brain is basically like plastic. And with the concept of neuroplasticity, just with learning something, we can mold our brain into a certain way. Absolutely. So, Let's so talk so many things, symptoms there that you can think of. Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about um, the anatomy of a cell because this, while this might seem like a really boring topic for a lot of people, I think once you can create the visualization of this cell, what it looks like, what's going on inside and how it's relating to all the things incoming from our lifestyle choices. You know, I know visuals really help women a lot in terms of pivoting their lifestyle to make a change when they can see in their mind, the possible damage that's being done by a choice they're making. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, obviously I like to use the visual of a cell, but I, I really compare, um, you know, the cell to, um, a cell phone. And the reason being everyone has a cell phone, right? So you know mm -hmm. what a cell phone is. And when your cell phone is not charged, when your cell phone uh, apps are glitching, imagine how frustrating that can be. Now, mm -hmm. that's also what happens in your body when you are experiencing symptoms, right? So imagine um, like if we're looking at a human cell, these trillions of cells, you have something called a cell membrane. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that could be like your iPhone's case um, or your iPhone screen. And it's really the protective part of the cell. Um, it's important for um, allowing nutrients to enter and preventing toxins from um, har harmful substances from coming in. It's also important um, for cellular health. And it's crucial to take care of that cellular membrane with the nutrients you put in. Things like omega-3 fatty acids, moderate exercise, um, avoiding toxins like excessive alcohol and pollutants, all of that can damage that cell membrane lining, right? So how much care do we take of our cell phones? So much. We make sure we get a new case, if, even if there's like a little um, crack in it, right? But if you can take care of your cells on an everyday basis, just a little bit, it's, it's, I'm not asking you to do too much. It's just more of the consistency of your lifestyle. It's, it's what you do most of the time, not some of the time. So for my people who are weekend warrior workouts, or I ate one salad in a week, no, I'd rather you do a little bit, even if it's 10 minutes and one meal a day, go in that direction. That's going to have a longer benefit for you, right? So that's your cell membrane. The mm -hmm. next one is going to be your nucleus. Okay. So that's in here in your cell. And the nucleus is one of those things that under the microscope, when I'm looking at um, diseases and making diagnoses, that we see the most change in the nucleus. And um, what tends to happen is um, uh, when we're going from a place of a normal cell to a dysplastic or precancerous cell to a cancerous cell, the nucleus enlarges. And the nucleus is the home to DNA. It's where our uh, blueprint for all of our cellular activities live. Now, when that nucleus enlarges, it's not like we're making more DNA. Actually, what's happening is that cell is becoming more dysfunctional. There's no space in that cell um, when this part of it is enlarging, there's no space for the mitochondria, the endoplasmic reticulum, the Golgi apparatus, no place for that to do what it needs to do. That's why cancer cells don't do anything except pr produce more of themselves, you know, like they quickly replicate. Um, so think of the nucleus really as your cell phone's main uh, computing board, your logic board, right? It's, it's the one who's going to... Um, direct the cell to make more cells. It's going to um, produce proteins. It's going to be responsible for metabolism. And really, we want to protect our cells, cells, cells. We want to protect ourselves from cell damage, right? So that means right. lots of antioxidants. We are exposed to free radicals on a daily basis. Why do you see some people aging quicker than others? Because they don't have the antioxidant to combat that. Where do antioxidants come from? 
lots and lots of plants. And I don't mean one salad a week, right? Right. So uh, one great way to think of, um, you know, we tend to see things more externally than internally. So imagine a smoker, right? Um, a smoker who um, is basically giving toxins to their cell cells, how much quicker their skin ages right. than somebody who does not smoke. Right. So right. that's a prime example. I, I still can't believe I see, I see people smoking these. Me either. Me either. <laughs> Hello, 101. <laughs> um, so just, just things to keep in mind. So then the other thing we talked about is your mitochondria, right? So your mitochondria mm -hmm. are like your iPhone battery. And this is what's going to be making energy in the body. Um, it's really vital for over, uh, overall like longevity because as we age, the number of mitochondria decrease and become dysfunctional. But imagine you can make more mitochondria with the different things you do every day. Exercise makes more mitochondria. Infrared saunas can help make more mitochondria. Sleep can repair and remove dysfunctional tissue, right? Dysfunctional proteins. Mm -hmm. So these are just things to um, think about. CoQ10 is a, is a great source of right. how to make more mitochondria. So we have, like I told you, the cell membrane, the nucleus, the mitochondria, then we have the ER, endoplasmic reticulum, right? So up here, it's kind of like a um, labyrinth-like thing in the cell. And what that does is think of it similar to your iPhone's processor. So it's responsible for protein and lipid metabolism. It is really influenced by stress. So when the body is under a lot of stress, this does not function properly. So now imagine if it's your iPhone's processor and your phone is under a lot of stress, meaning that maybe you've been using too many, all the apps are open, right? And it's just nothing's working and, and you're trying to, all you're trying to do is check an email, right? <laughs> and nothing's working because the phone is under stress. Your endoplasmic reticulum, when you have not created um, things in your lifestyle to manage, because we're never going to get rid of stress, right? right? But if you don't have tools to address that stress, um, it can contribute to metabolic disorders. It can contribute to um, basically dysfunction, right? So this is where really incorporating things like mindfulness practices, adequate rest, the body needs rest, right? So um, if you're not incorporating these things very intentionally on a, and on a regular daily basis, you're, you're, you're missing out, right? And then the last thing in here is um, the Golgi apparatus, right? And so the Golgi apparatus is like your uh, iPhone's RAM. And this is going to help those proteins kind of get packaged um, and be transported to where they're required in the body. And how does that happen? Well, ensuring adequate nutrition, adequate hydration, avoiding toxic substances. And, and this these are all the basics of how to make these cells, which mind you, you have trillions of function. I love the analogy. I'm I'm learning so much about the cell right now. I'm not even sure what my next question is. <laughs> that was great. No, honestly, because now I'm visualizing, of course, I know what mitochondria are in the cell membrane, right? But the other things you talked about, um, definitely not as familiar with, and it really puts into perspective this ecosystem. I'm actually in my mind comparing it to the gut microbiome. Yeah, well, that's a whole nother ecosystem that's happening in our body. I want you to, if you have not made BFFs with your microbiome, pick mm -hmm. the right best friends here because they will be a game changer for you as well. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think um, the cell is really a underlooked part of health that I do too. nobody's talking about. I mean, yeah. it's like in this abstract area. And I'm like, I've been looking at this under the microscope for decades. Man, you people are walking around with angry cells. All diseases start in your cells, whether that's um, HPV and, you know, a pap smear that's abnormal to a uh, atypical lesion in um, your breast to, you know, 
anything basically to something right. as simple as reflux that you're experiencing reflux and your body's talking to you and you're like well I'm just going to ignore it and keep eating my coffee my spicy food and my oily food and, and having my point, PPIs yeah and, and at some point the cells go all right well the the human is not going to stop so we have to actually transform in order to survive here because the cells do want to survive and how do the cells uh, survive they change from what they're supposed to be from the nice squamocolumnar lining to goblet cells or intestinal metaplasia to eventually dysplasia to eventually cancer. So it's this whole process going on inside the body. So one of the terms that a lot of people are familiar with, but might not really understand how it works is autophagy. And then there's mitophagy. Can you talk a little bit about those two processes? Yeah, so autophagy is, is it's really a cleaning up of your cells, right? And we actually have a system in our body um, that helps clean up and remove, you know, cells. Um, it, it helps remove things that we don't need there. So you can have um, apoptosis, which is a normal process of the cell dying off. Okay, so we we want that when it's, right. you know, the cell is no longer healthy and there's misfolded proteins in there. Um, depending on where we are in the body, like in your brain, you have your glymphatic system. So the glymphatic system works really well when you sleep. When you're sleeping, the brain is still working and it's clearing out misfolded proteins in the brain. Why don't you want misfolded proteins? Well degenerative uh, brain diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all this kind of stuff. So it's it's a matter of keeping the body as, I don't want to say as pristine as, as Lake Tahoe, because it would take, that would take a lot of work, but as it's to the best of our ability that mm -hmm. we actually have power over, right? So we have power over what we put in our body. We have power over what we put on our body. We have power over how we move our body. We have power mm -hmm. over how we rest our body. Right. And these are all the things that I don't want you to um, give away. Like, don't give it away to the technology that's running your mind and like just you're just scrolling through and, and spending your days not doing anything because your cells are slowly dying with that. You know, mm -hmm. um, this is why people who continue to learn and and continue to learn new skills actually live longer. And right. have happier lives because their body is still working. Right. right? Their mind is still working. Um, mitophagy, that's more of the mitochondria being cleaned up, right? So um, uh, really there, there's a lot of processes going on. Um, if you if you think about it and you know you go from your cells to your tissues, to your organs, to your actual systems that are all in play at the same time, right? So you have your digestive system, which is, you know, not only responsible for breaking down the food that you eat, it's also responsible for making your some of your hormones and your neurotransmitters and your vitamins and your minerals. Uh, rebuilding that back up so the body can use it. Your liver is so important for detoxification and removing mm -hmm. bad stuff, bad stuff from your blood, right? So now mm -hmm. if you are going out and partying and um, drinking a lot of alcohol and then the next day taking, you know, a lot of Tylenol for your hangover, your liver is under a lot of stress and is yeah. no longer working optimally. The kidneys um, are required not just for urine to flow through but they're also responsible for maintaining your blood pressure and keeping an electrolyte balance within your body and your cells so now imagine if you're dehydrated that the kidneys just aren't getting what they need and and mm -hmm. anybody who's drinking a lot of caffeine or a lot of coffee is certainly mm -hmm. in a place of having potential dehydration Right. Um, and then your lymphatic system, which is the master kind of cl uh, cleanup system, mm -hmm. in a sense, um, it has the lymphatics, it has the lymph nodes, lymph nodes, which are placed in, you know, certain areas of our body throughout. And what do they do? They go and gobble up, 
you know, infections, they gobble up other things, right. the macrophages, specific cells that we have there like to gobble up these things and, and get rid of them. That's why when you might have a cold or a flu, you feel that your lymph nodes are swollen in your neck, right? Because the cells there in, in the lymph nodes are working to clean up whatever virus or bacteria you now have. It's To me, it's like, I'm like, this is just very practical and like right. logical, but I realized when I'm working with patients that, you know, most people have no idea how their body works, like zero, like they just, right. you know, oh, I have this symptom or I have that symptom, but there's a lot going on. And, and what I do with my patients is I basically tell them I'm putting you through med school in six months for your specific body. That's what we're going to do. I love that. I love that. And the reason people are so overwhelmed and confused is because they have a doctor for every system in their body, every organ, everything going on. There's a, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? We want culinary medicine, but we want one central kitchen, right? Not a, not a ton of different cooks. And so, yeah, I work with people who are very overwhelmed and they really don't understand how this system is connected to this system, which is connected to this system and all these other processes. Um, and so they just sort of bail out. But when you have someone like you, who is not just a doctor, but also a teacher, and you can help them maneuver this complex web of how their body works, then they have this light bulb moment. They're like, ah, okay. Now it's tangible. It's attainable. I, I am figuring out my equation. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Think, I do think there are a lot of light bulb moments because, um, I, I have a very extensive background in, in clinical laboratory medicine as a clinical pathologist. So when I go over test results with people, I'm going through them line by line going, oh, this means this in your body. Can you mm -hmm. see how it would relate to the, then they're like, oh, and you right. know, we, we have um, people. And I always say to people, like, if your doctor is taking blood from you, removing any tissue from the body, and they are not telling you what it is, like, I'm sorry, but a phone call saying everything's okay right. is not acceptable to me. I want yeah. you to know if you took out like some biopsies from my colon, what kind of polyps were they? You know, do I? Yeah, okay. We get a letter saying we need to come back in a year or whatnot, but that's not a, that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. Oh, I do. Like if you want to be empowered as a patient ask the questions. If your doctor doesn't know, get a new doctor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about testing. Can you test for your cellular health? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, this, this is where you have like the standard tests that you might do with your regular doctor, which are mm -hmm. great, but Really, at the end of the day, most of those are looking at your body and, and waiting for those results to be about 75% dysfunctional, where your organ is really quite dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. we, want, we want to look at the subtleties of the test. And, and that's where really looking at these chemical reactions that happen in our body. And, and uh, you know, one of the degrees I didn't mention that I have is like, I have two undergrad degrees, one being in chemistry. So I, I used to be orgo, organic chemistry TA, and, and all these chemical reactions that are happening in our body and how... Um, they require cofactors in order to mm -hmm. go down the process, right? And if you don't have those cofactors, they get stuck in places. Well, this is what I'm seeing in people is that they don't have the nutrients, whether they are vitamins, whether they are minerals, whether they are antioxidants, cofactors, they just don't have the, the, the essentials right. to make their body work at the most basic level. So yes, there is testing you can do. You can do micronutrient testing, uh, which, which is definitely one that I um, highly advise people to have their micronutrients tested. Um, my I, I, so I do that test in my um, packages. And I have to say, the reason I do it is because on my own health journey, which has been forever, but about seven, eight, nine years ago, I started to really notice my hair. I've been on a hair loss journey for 25 years, but about seven to nine years ago, I was like, I got to take a different approach here. Nothing's working. And I did that micronutrient test. And I do, I now do it every year because it changes as you age. Right. Yeah. 
And I have to say that that is such a phenomenal test because it's looking at inside your cell. Are, even if you're eating the most nutrient-dense diet, if you have gut dysbiosis going on or if you have some genetic uh, SNPs going on that inhibit the way your body absorb or synthesize or methylize, you're going to struggle. And so your body needs help. And so this test, don't you love it so much how it really pins? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do micronutrient testing on myself every year. Another yep. one I do on myself every year is really um, gut health testing, right? Yep. And, and my patients, like a lot of the patients I work with, um, you know, have gut health issues. I believe almost all health issues yep. stem from the gut, right? So um, in, in that sense, and then they see their results and they're like, oh, I don't think this is ever going to be normal. And then I pull up my results and they're like, wow, how did you get those scores? And I'm like, well, it wasn't overnight. It was like a lifestyle right. choice that I've made to get those right. scores and to prioritize what I'm putting in my body in order for my gut to do that. Right. Because yes. I know all the other things it's going to do, um, you know, um, in addition to micronutrient testing and gut health testing, um, sometimes genetics testing can definitely be indicated. It's, it's definitely, uh, you know, your genetics aren't going to change, but right. knowing that information, and those are one of the ones that maybe you do once and then you're yep. like, okay, I know I have this and now this is how I'm going to address it kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's not in the spectrum of like annual maintenance, um, but definitely, right. you know, doing testing. If, if we're thinking about midlife women, also making sure, um, you know, hormonal testing annually to see the fluctuations, uh, bone health testing, fatty acid balance, you know, for all these people who are eating out and they're like, well, I'm ordering from the best restaurants. They don't realize that the oils they use in those restaurants, even if you're eating that grass-fed beef, that oil that it's doused in is canola oil, you know? So it's poor quality oils that are being used and still getting in your body. Um, and and th this is why, you know, if, if you can just look like, you know, okay, you don't necessarily have to give up going out to eat, but let's balance it somewhere, right? So have a meal at home uh, where you know what you're actually getting in your food. Um, I do like to test for oxidative stress markers. I find that um, uh, people's bodies definitely have more free radical formation than they should have. So really checking for oxidative stress. I mean, I've seen oxidative stress in um, children as young as 11 years old. Now, imagine where they're going to be 20, 30 right. years now, you know, but if we could address that even early on, um, but yeah. So, th so that's another one that's really important. And um, yeah. And then metabolic testing can also be um, vital. So I think really doing it personalized because you can go a little crazy with yeah. some of this testing. I know I have patients who like nowadays patients can just go buy their lab tests anywhere. So they just order stuff and they have no idea what to do with it. And I will say half of it's right. not actionable. So you don't want to test that you can't actually change. Right. 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 I know I agree. And, and the testing, it can become very expensive. A lot of it is not covered by insurance. Uh, the micronutrient test to me is one of the most valuable, uh, that and the gut health test are the two of the most valuable tests. I think that anyone could do on an annual basis. Um, so let's move on to cell care. I love this term. This is a term that um, I'm assuming you coined because when I was doing research on you, it came up quite a bit. And I just love this term, uh, hashtag cell care. And so tell us what that means to you. And then I want to go into all the lifestyle interventions and how to start taking care of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, hashtag cell care is a uh, term that I coined and it, it really comes from, you know, at, at, there was a point where self-care became so popular and, mm, right. and I, I was talking about self-care and somebody misheard me and, um, you know, uh, that they thought I said self-care and I'm like, no, I said self-care, like taking care of yourselves. And I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I, like I said, I've looked at thousands and trillions of cells under the microscope, right? So it's really a concept to me that encapsulates this holistic approach to really maintaining and enhancing your cellular health or the way your body is functioning on that cellular level. We know that each cell in our body can contribute to over our overall well-being. 
and that our daily lifestyle choices are really what's going to make a difference in our cellular health. So, um, is there, is it, is it ever too late to turn it around, right? Like, let's say you're 75 or 85 and you're sort of just discovering this, this new way of life and you're sick of not feeling well, and you're just going to start something completely different. And it's going to be this health journey. Is yeah. there, is there room to change at that age? hundred percent, hundred percent. So I have patients and I think my oldest is 82 and my youngest is 11 and um, it's never too late, right? To, to change because here's the thing is it's really rediscovering and looking at what is important to you. Like, why are you here? Like, like what can you prioritize for your, however many decades you're going to be on this planet? And how can you live your best life? Because I don't think people wake up and want to feel like crap. You know, right. like it's it's just an awful feeling when your body aches, you can't move, you can't get out of bed. Um, and it's like every day is just a drag, right? But imagine if you could turn that around and it just takes one small step every day. And yeah. that starts with lifestyle interventions. And those are the foundations to uh, cell care. Um, learning um, about the tools you can use to manage stress, to ensure adequate sleep, to optimize nutrition um, uh, from every little aspect of that. And that's what I talk about in my book, The Anatomy of Wellbeing, is every little aspect. Pick a chapter in the book. You don't have to do all of them. Start, start at one place. And step by step, I guide you through really creating um, intentional lifestyle practices or rituals, as I call call them, right? Uh, because for me, I find that, you know, habits always has a negative connotation, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's mm -hmm. a bad habit, right? Um, routines get really boring, like, you know, the good old gym routine, and you just simply don't want to go. Mm -hmm. um, whereas rituals are meant to be much more intentional, they have a high degree of self awareness, and they are flexible. So in the sense that, okay, if you don't do one one day, it's okay, because now you're focusing on what do I need when I wake up today? Mm -hmm. And that's, what yeah, I like that. Right? Yeah, as a, as a health coach, we're always talking about routines and staying yeah. compliant. I really like that ritual. I think it's, uh, it's a really beautiful word to describe this process. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so for me, like I said, self care is really those lifestyle interventions from nutrition, Really? Well, let's start, let's start at nutrition. Okay. Let's start there, right? What are the most important components to cellular health when it comes to nutrition? And let's include, you know, well, we talked a little bit about gut health. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, before we go into diet wars, you know, let's just focus on the fact that we need to eat real food. Okay? Absolutely. So I think we can all agree real whole foods that aren't coming out of boxes that aren't full of um, food additives and colored dyes, you know, that our body can't recognize. Right. We can just start there. Um, it, it's so interesting because I gathered and, and, I, and I, and I can't wait to sit down and record this because I gathered all these condiments at the hospital when, when I was there. And I'm like, Oh, this ketchup is not real ketchup. This mustard <laughs> is not real mustard. Oh, this jam that they're giving us to put on our toast or our bagel is not real jam. I'm looking at this going, oh my God, th this whole like system needs to be changed, right? Yeah. And you don't realize it until like you get that moment where you're like, oh my God, what is going on? And and it and it takes that self-awareness, mm -hmm. right? That 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 bit of self-awareness is, is one of the first steps in emotional intelligence, right? We gotta stop, pause, pay attention to what our body is saying. If you've got any symptom, your cells are angry, listen to your cells right now. Um, and so really whole foods, as much and and at least 80% of your plate should be whole foods, if not more. Right. No, I agree. You know, and then also taking into consideration everyone's bio-individuality, right? Someone might have an autoimmune disease or might, might have some gut dysbiosis or, um, you know, IBS symptoms um, so or food allergies and intolerances. So everybody is different on this spectrum, but I agree. There is plenty of options out there of whole foods for you to create your own box of, of healthy options. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I think we've all been on our health journey and we know what works for us. We know what our body likes. And I think it's, it's paying attention to that. Um, how do I feel in the morning? Do I feel energized? Did I get good sleep last night? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how's my skin feeling? How's my, you know, my body moving? Is it a paying attention to all these things comes back to the nutrition, right? So when I'm working with my clients, we focus on, all right, you ate this meal, put your mood down. How did you feel? You know, and, and really, and, and it allows them to see that, oh, when every time I go pick up a Starbucks, that's full of sugar, that right. I, I'm just not having a good day. You know, right. I start out okay, because I had the Starbucks and this big jolt of sugar and caffeine, but my day ends really poorly. So it, it's really starting to pay attention, that self-awareness and yeah. prioritizing what you need. That's what self-care is. Yeah. I love the simplicity of it. Just whole foods. You're just saying whole foods, whatever that means to you, just make sure it's real food. So keep it really simple and attainable for people. I absolutely love that. How does alcohol fit into this picture? Because that is such a hard area for a lot of the women, the midlife women that I work with, you know, they're lunching with their lady friends or they're at a conference and it's just such a huge part of their social environment. Um, and I'm not here to tell anyone to give up anything. That's a decision that you have to make for yourself, but tell us from the science, what alcohol is doing on a cellular level to us. Yes. So you might not want to hear this, (laughs) but, um, basically alcohol damages your cells. Okay. There's no way around it. Um, and you know, for all all the times when they said, well, having one or two glasses is great for heart health. Well, it's damaging all the other cells. Okay. And you have a lot more of those than, than just your heart cells. Um, it really disrupts, um, the balance of nutrients that are crucial for your cellular health, specifically for your mitochondrial health. Um, So it's disrupting this balance of the nutrients. It causes damage to the GI tract lining. So when your GI tract lining is damaged, you're also not, even if you're eating the best otherwise diet, you're not able to absorb the nutrients from that. If you're not able Mm -hmm. to absorb the nutrients, you're not making your hormones, your neurotransmitters, it can affect your mood. Alcohol affects your sleep. Yes, you might fall asleep after you right. have that evening nightcap, but guess what? You don't go through all the cycles of your sleep cycle because alcohol disrupts it. So you never feel fully rested, you know? So, um, and one of the worst is for every glass of wine or alcohol, you're increasing your risk of breast cancer by 7%. So two glasses, 14%, three glasses, 21%. One in eight women has breast cancer. Mm, not not only do people have breast cancer now, they have a couple breast cancers in their body, right? right. So um, I have a breast cancer fellowship. So I look at a lot of breast cancer and we're not just finding one cancer in these women anymore. We're finding two, we're finding three. Um, and they just have no idea. And, and you know what? Some people don't even want to give it up. It's, right. And because we live in a place where it's like, oh, you're you're taking something away from me. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm not taking it away. You're taking your life away, but it's up to you whether or not you want to be here. If you don't, then that's your choice, you know? But um really um alcohol influences so much more. I, I always joke, I'm like, you know, if you're gonna have that glass of alcohol have the next glass be a glass of kombucha. They have kombucha on tap at places now, you know, or um, have half a glass of wine if you need to have any, uh, a whole glass of water and another half glass of kombucha. You know, there's ways to kind of shift. Yeah, yeah. Eventually you start feeling like, oh, I don't really need this because at the end of the day, what is it? Just a bad habit. Right, right. Not very intentional. It's not a ritual. It's not- it, it, you're not doing it for, um, your own well-being. Yeah. I did a podcast on a whole podcast on urolithin A, which is a gut metabolite that is directly linked to our cellular health. What, what do you see in, in these postbiotics and cellular health? What's your perspective on that? Yeah. So, um, when it comes to this, so first of all, I want you to think about the three P's, right? So you have prebiotics, probiotics, and mm-hmm. postbiotics, mm-hmm. all right? 
So the one you're talking about is a postbiotic. Mm -hmm. And the best way to get a postbiotic is really to have, it's it's a metabolite product. And it's really to have your gut bacteria produce it. How does your gut bacteria produce it? By feeding your gut microbiome prebiotics and probiotics. And how do you do that? Prebiotic rich food and probiotic rich food. Um, For the most part, some people manage to get in prebiotic foods like apples, asparagus, leeks, um, bananas. They kind of get that stuff in. Uh, Probiotics is interesting because it's I feel like it's one of the easiest ones to add but people don't really add it and I'm like I want you to have a probiotic rich food at every meal if you're eating three meals a day with breakfast have two tablespoons of a you know non-dairy yogurt at lunch have some sauerkraut or pickles or kimchi on the side for dinner have that little shot of kombucha you know so there uh, there's so many different right. ways you can do it or have a cup of miso soup in the day right so, um probiotics i think um you know it's very easy to reach for the pills like mm-hmm. the supplements you know which is fine but and supplements never replace food okay so let me just say that one more time supplements do not replace food because there's so many nutrients in food that we don't even have names for, you know, um, that our body needs and having that biodiversity and different colors of the rainbow um, in your whole foods diet is so critical for your cellular health. So um, think about it that way. I I really want you to see, and if you actually look at the different cultures and see you know, all right, so Indian culture has a lot of yogurt. They'll have yogurt with their meals, right? So that's mm-hmm. a probiotic rich food. In the Korean culture, you might have kimchi with mm-hmm. your meal, you know. Um, in uh, Japanese, you have miso soup. These are all mm-hmm. probiotic rich foods. Right. Right. So um, it, it's not something that maybe we are used to in the standard American diet or lifestyle, but nobody ever said that standard American diet was a healthy lifestyle. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But I would like to say that, especially linking back to that micronutrient test and looking at the deficiencies that people have, sometimes this is where supplement personalized supplementation Mm -hmm. comes into play. Um, I know for me, my body is always going to require extra B vitamins because of a genetic SNP I have, um, the MTHFR, which is super abundant among people, right? But just connecting the dots and making the best decision and personalizing this approach, but always the whole foods is the number one place to go. And I would agree with that. Um, what about exercise? Um, how does exercise play a role on our cellular health? Yeah. So I've already mentioned that the body is meant to move, right? Right. So what does exercise do? Exercise strengthens your blood vessels. So the blood that flows through your body can go and reach the organs that it needs to reach. So what does blood do? Blood carries nutrients with it. Mm-hmm. It carries oxygen with it that it can go to the rest of the body. So if you don't have that stuff going where it needs to go, you can imagine your organs get little like shriveled up and mm-hmm. they're, they're not looking their best. In fact, uh, what do we see with individuals who have cardiovascular disease? You, you know, their blood vessels just mm-hmm. aren't working. I remember, um, and um, this wasn't a patient. This was an autopsy I did on a woman and um, she had a heart attack three weeks prior and um, she um, had three stents in her heart. Mm. And um, so when I went to do the autopsy, I'm like, is this the right person? Cause I'm like looking at her like name tag and stuff because her body was so, um, she wasn't overweight or anything, but the inside of her body was so beaten up. Like her brain was atrophied. Her kidneys were shrunken. Her uterus was shrunken. Her heart was just stiff as, you know, very stiff. Like it wouldn't be able to pump like a heart. Mm-hmm. Should pump. Um, this woman was 44 years old. Wow. She was misguided, misinformed, probably because she thought that her medications, whatever she was doing was helping her. And Mm -hmm. she was probably continuing her lifestyle, but inside her body was dying. 
dying mm -hmm. so much that it just like gave out. Um, so every little thing you do impacts your cellular health in either a positive or negative way. It's your choice to decide which way you want to go. Is there an optimal mitochondrial exercise? Like, you know, we talk about a lot of weight training for women, especially during the midlife, you know, the menopause transition, right? Building that lean muscle mass because our muscles have a ton of mitochondria. Like, isn't that where most of our mitochondria are? Yeah. So your heart, your muscles have a lot of mitochondria. Um, is there an optimal exercise? I think it becomes personalized and that comes down to your genetics, right? Um, my body does not like um, high intensity workouts. I, I used to be a tennis player. Um, you know, if, if I were to do track and field, I do the 100 and 200. I'd never be the endurance person. So with that, um, I think you have to look at the way your body functions. My body functions with low intensity. Mm -hmm. um, it, it loves going on hour long walks and I can keep the weight off and the body's working, right? So no, I don't think there is one thing. I think this is okay. really that self-awareness, what your body needs, what your body thrives off of. And, you know, we could even take it a step further if we were to incorporate like um, a Ayurvedic approach, because I often do that with my patients and really looking at your, your doshas, because there are mm -hmm. three different types of doshas and some people's um, bodies are better for this type of exercise, right. this type of food based off of your dosha. So same thing, exercise, food, sleep, people work differently. We are so unique. Absolutely. Well, before we end, I have one final question for you. What are three things women can do starting today to support their mitochondrial health or cellular health? Cellular health. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, wow. Only three things. Um, okay. So well, we've got, you've already given us so much information, <laughs> right? But three things yeah. that they can start at home without having to go see a doctor or book a okay. consultation. Just, just start thinking about today. Okay. So without having to go see a doctor. Okay. Yeah. Um, so definitely optimize your nutrition, incorporate nutrient dense. So focus on what you're adding in first rather than what you're taking out, right? Because the other stuff will get crowded out. Yeah. So really a diet um, high in whole foods, rich in antioxidants, phytonutrients, healthy fats. Yes, fat is good for you women, mm -hmm. right? So low fat makes you cranky. Just eat the fat, the good fat, yeah. um, like omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah. Um, and um, so optimizing nutrition. Number two is sleep. I right. love my sleep. Okay. So really getting not just sleep, but really quality, high quality mm -hmm. sleep where your body actually feels rejuvenated, repaired, refreshed. Right. And um, the third thing I would say is mindfulness and stress reduction. I love that. I know you thought I was going to say movement, which is definitely in there, but if you gave me four, but I think as women, our minds are often running and we just have so much on our plate and so many things to do mm -hmm. that we never take a moment to do cell care, right? Right. Right. Which we really, really need. If you want to be able to do all the things that you want to accomplish in life, whatever they might be, the best thing you can do for yourself right now is take care of yourselves. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned that we didn't dive into is red light therapy, which I'm a huge proponent of. I have a red light therapy cap I wear every night for my hair follicles. And I sit in front of a red light therapy box every single day, like clockwork. And that has such um, an impact on my cellular health. And at the same time, cause I am not a meditator, I find it really difficult, but if I'm sitting in front of the red light therapy box for 15 or 20 minutes, even if it's five or 10 minutes, I make sure I'm in a really quiet space. I don't have anything going in my ears. I'm not on my phone. I'm just closed eyes sitting there by myself. And so that's my mindfulness time for myself. Mindfulness does not have to be meditation. Mindfulness could be preparing a meal for yourself and just mm -hmm. really paying attention to what right. you're doing. 
Mindfulness can be sitting in an infrared sauna at the end of the day and just taking a moment to just be and, and allowing yeah. the, the health benefits to impact you. Mindfulness could be doing a 5k and that's your thing, you know, everybody's right. so different. Right. That, um, uh, I think this is about prioritizing what cell care means to you. And that's where really building these rituals and going, oh, this is what I need today. This is what I need this weekend. This is right. what I'm going to do is, is going to have a much greater impact on your health. Yeah. Well, what a lovely conversation. And I absolutely am just loving the anatomy of the cell phone with the anatomy of a cell. I just, that was so great. And I, I hope that that's uh, something that women can walk away with really visualizing in their mind to help them make these lifestyle changes. So where can everybody find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my social media handles and my website is Dr. Benote. So drbenote.com and on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, I'm at Dr. Benote. So easy to find. Um, yeah. And I have a free cell care cookbook for you, um, which is the cell care plate, which has 20 super easy nourishing recipes in awesome. there that are plant-based, gluten-free. Um, and I talk about how they influence your cells. Like, why am I using these ingredients and, and mm. what are they doing to your body? in there. And then of course I have my best-selling book, the anatomy of well-being on Amazon um, and Barnes and Noble um, that you can definitely check out. I will put all of that in the show notes for everybody. Um, and also for those of you who are listening and when we were talking about the anatomy of a cell, um, Dr. Benote was um, showing us a actual cell um, like figure and pointing to it. So if you go to my YouTube channel, when this is released, you'll be able to see what she was pointing to um, if that works better for you. Other than that, thank you. Thank you so much. It was lovely to have you on the health trip podcast and I'll have to have you back again because there's just so much about cellular health that we still have yet to learn. And I think cellular health is going to have its, its um, moment sooner than later, because whoever thought gut health and the microbiome was going to have the moment it's having right now, right? Absolutely. Cell health, cell health is next. So everybody stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Lifestyle changes can be hard and overwhelming to make by building your support team of functional medicine, doctors, therapists, and health coaches you can reach your optimal health goals. Be sure to check out my other podcasts. Until we meet again, stay healthy.